Welcome to Japan according to Akil. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akil, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's episode 135 of the podcast, really long one. Um, we're drinking chew high tonight. Eh. It's probably not going to happen again, <laughs> but, um, no, um, we got into several different topics. Uh, of course, deciphering Japan episode two, uh, some nightlife breakdowns of things, economics, of course, society, um, follow a pretty good follow up for some questions from Joshua. I tried to expand on job hunting in Japan as well. So just, a, you know, a, a mixed bag of stuff as you know how I do is really and some weird story, crazy stories mixed in between. So I think you'll like it and go ahead. Enjoy. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before you do that, I got to tell you, I almost forgot. Please like, please follow, please share, uh, comment, you know, thank you again for the people who are uh, liking and following and shame on you if you don't. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm just happy that you're here along for the ride with me. Um, but, you know, if you can hit the like button, it would kind of help too. Just saying, just saying. All right, y'all. Enjoy. Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? YouTube people, what's up? You just saw me crack open this thing. Um, I'm drinking something. Oh, <laughs> I'm drinking something different tonight. Um, my wife was like, You drinking too high? Really? I don't see you drink too high, but I was like, That's why I'm drinking it. It's different. Uh, this is a chew high if you've never seen it. Um, this is a strong one. You can read it's a big nine on it, it's a nine percent one. I was just, I got like this small 9% one and I got another one in the fridge. Oh, this is some, oh, ugh, fuck. <laughs> uh, that was not, uh, it's been a while since I drank this shit and the strong ones I don't really drink unless, like this is not, I made a mistake drinking a strong one, making it my first one, uh. Just because, like, you know, when you fucked up, like, it, it, you don't really taste alcohol so much. So, you know, but as my first drink, this is mm, not the best move. But, eh, but you know, I prefer to drink the strong one first and then the weaker one because I'm not partying. You know, we're not raging tonight. We're not going off. So, um, I was like, fuck it. Let me just start with this one. But, eh. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Mm. Got a lot to get to tonight. Um, you're in for a good action-packed episode. Hold on, let me get myself situated. YouTube people, sorry you watching the top of my head. I shaved just for y'all, you know, just so y'all can. Yeah, I won't see my, you know, chrome dome. <laughs> my hair that's not there <laughs> on top. Nah, but um, mm. so we got some good stuff. We got, you know, some. Joshua got a response from Joshua Rod as usual in the house. Um, we've got the uh, episode two review of Deciphering Japan, which I want to get to, and a few other things. Just stumbling down the rabbit hole of some things related to um, some shit we got in. Uh, don't you know? Please remember, like, comment, 
share, share too. You can share it, all that. I'm probably going to remember, hopefully I remember to say that in the introduction as well. But remember, I got to keep saying it. got to keep mentioning it. Uh, let me just get into everything just because uh, we, we've got a lot going on tonight. And, you know, it's already kind of late. So I was up watching, I was watching this documentary before. So, all right. Um, so Joshua, let me start with Joshua. Uh, as you know, uh, on the previous episode, if if you listen to the previous episode, this shit's all small. This font's all small. Let me how do I make this bigger? Hold on, hold on. Let me try and make this font bigger, just so that it's easier for me to see. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. That's just just. I mean, I can see it, but I'm just not trying to strain. All right. Um, all right, so here we go. So, as you know, Joshua, in the previous episode, you know, uh, asked some questions about coming to Japan for work. Uh, we've, we've been going back and forth via email quite a bit, and uh, he sent me a follow-up with a lot of good information. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out for typing the email. Joshua, I told you I respond on the episode just because, you know, some of the questions and follow-up information that he asked uh, I think will be interesting or, and or relevant to you guys. So <laughs> my notes, I just took some notes uh, <laughs> based on um, what you're saying. I'm just looking at my bullet point notes and it's just funny. The first <laughs> thing um, Joshua asked me was about uh, just confirming uh, was about certifications and, you know, if you need certifications uh, for coming to Japan, like, uh, I forgot some certifications, like TOEFL, TOEFL, all the, the acronym type joints. He told me how much they cost. Like, I didn't know, like, you know, it costs like a few thousand dollars to get them shits. And my bullet point answer is, fuck them certifications. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those certifications. You do not need that shit. You damn sure do not need to spend that amount of money for that shit. Because um, from what I've heard and what I've seen in interviews, people like group interviews, people are like, well, I've got this certification. And they're like, yeah, that's nice and all that, you know. And even if it is, like like I mentioned before for Akaiwa, they have their system. They want you to teach a certain way. They, you know, it's like McDonald's, like McDonald's again. They don't want you coming in with your fancy burger recipes. Like oh, I've learned this and this. Like nah, they just want you to be able to absorb and put out their style of teaching that they want you to do. Same thing I would guess for ALT is the exact same thing. Actually, the more creative and more fancy and more you try to appeal your teaching skills, it's actually a negative against you because you know it's like. Again, like imagine like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm a five star Michelin chef trying to apply for Burger King. They're going to be like, I, I can I know how to make, you know, this truffle, you know, flambe sauce and all this shit. And they're like, we just need you to put the burger in the microwave and put some pickles on it. Like, you know, like I'm not I'm, I'm not downplaying how nuanced, you know, uh, ALT or a Kiowa is because there's a lot more to it than that. But the point is, like to get you through the door, you know, of um to get you into the classroom, they just need you to learn this kind of set of skills. Nothing more. You know, so the more shit you have on top of that, the more like resistance it's gonna be. So it's actually not a positive thing. So so just fuck them certifications. Don't even worry about it. Again, um my advice if if you're still unsure about it, 
you know, um, would be just just list a few different schools and see what they they read, um, and see what what uh, you know. Do just do some reconnaissance on them. You might even want to just reach out to them um, via email too. It would be another possibility. And and just I would just mention that you know, um, mention the fact that you know you're still in school. You're not graduating yet, but for possibly next year. You had these applying possibly next year. You had these type of questions like that would just be the easy way just to crush any fears you got. Just the top five schools um, that might possibly be able to sponsor your visa. Just just go ahead and do that. Um, Yeah, that'll be one. All right. Next thing about your major, worrying about your major. Are there stricter standards for major? Nah, your major really won't matter at all. Again, similar thing to um, certifications like. Um, in, in some of your later points as well and questions like get your idea of what education is because you, you work in a school get that shit out of your head just take it put it in the ball and throw it in the trash like when you're thinking about a Kaiwa or ALT like it's completely different like both of them are is edutainment you know um, it would be kind of what what I'd like you to think about it. It it, it will become it would be c- completely different than anything um you've kind of thought of. It, it it's just really difficult to explain it. Um, but in in of course depending on what school you're working at, you know the the level of the kids, the grade of the kids, the air in Kiowa, the area that you teach in, the time of day that you teach in. Like it it really does like my typical day. Like you know I go from teaching, you know. A housewife who might have lived in the States, you know, 30 years ago, 20, 30 years ago to a businessman, to a college student, to an elementary school kid, to, um, you know, uh, a returnee, to someone who's job hunting, to someone who just wants to, you know, um, who's teleworking, who just wants to, like, brush up on their English skill, like, in, in the course of a day, so... You know, like having like a set, you know, having like a hardcore rigid um, what teaching style is not really what's the best thing for a Kiowa is being able is customer. I'm I'm basically customer service pretty much, you know, and and like I said, turning vanilla into 31 flavors of ice cream is kind of what I do. Like those lessons that I teach are like 40 minutes in length. Um, and, and, you know, some person might want to just talk some, I might have to prepare something, um, for someone like, you know, find an article in like two minutes and base a whole conversation on that. Um, do with the textbook, adapt it, go straight to the textbook, kids play kids games, you know, like, um, I don't really teach that as many kids now. And on a personal note, I'm kind of not as enthusiastic about teaching kids since I have my son. Like I just prefer to just play games games with my son you know Mm. um you know if I had the choice let me say that you know kids are still cool kids are kids I you know if I got a lesson I enjoy it I do my best but in the back of my mind I'm like yeah I kind of I'm glad you're having fun but I kind of prefer to be doing this with my son you know it's kind of what I think about um now I'm sorry I'm just being honest I can't help it so um yeah. So, so, so that's that again, don't, you know, don't worry about your major, um, in the job hunting process It literally is, is your school accredited, you know, um, and that's about it. 
<laughs> that's about it. <laughs> you know, are you not a weirdo? <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I'd say that's what they're looking for. Are you not a weirdo? Um, you know, are you, are, are, can, can you be trained to do a job? Um, and yeah, like, do, do you have a college degree? Or are the main things? You know, pass those. I'd say, you know, you, you're good. You, you, you don't want you, you, my advice, you know, in the, for the future, if you're going to a Kiowa interview, don't appeal yourself at all. Just be like, be a yes man or yes woman, yes person. You know, just like, okay, yes, I'll do it. I'm interested. I, you know, not like, oh, I, I, I love Naruto and I, oh my gosh, like, this is a dream to be here. Like, no, 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 no. You just remember, like, yeah, like, you know, I'm really happy to be in Japan. You know, um, I heard about teaching. It's a new adventure. Hey, you know, I've been something I'm really looking forward to do. I hope I can get the job. You know, I like helping people. And I want to help out students. I'm a positive person. I like people. That's kind of all they really want from you. You know, everything else they're going to teach you. And everything else you beyond that you're going to learn through experience. I explained to... um. Like, <laughs> I think I'm like the best person to have in a training session, you know, like my company, like when I joined them, like, you know, I was just like totally chill, like, hey, you know, even the trainer people, they were like, oh, okay, you've been doing this for a while. Oh yeah, you were, it was like, okay, okay, you know what you're doing, like whatever, like, you know, and I was just kind of like, in my mind, I was like, I'm just gonna entertain myself. You know, of course I picked up a few pointers, but I was like, let me just, let me just fucking um, help out these new people, you know, cause they don't know, they don't know what the fuck they're doing and I'm gonna be here all day anyway. So like, um, oh, sorry, I'm fiddling around with stuff. Like literally, um, you know, I was just like when when the trainers would leave, I can actually be honest about stuff. You know, and I, was, I just I would just tell them like, look, this shit's like driver's ed. You know, AKI was like driver's ed. Now I'm pretty sure ALT is like the same thing too. You can they can tell you how to drive a car, you know, but you really don't know what driving a car is like until you get on the road, and then even when you get on the road, it's completely different than getting on the highway. You know, but and and you can't learn that in the classroom. You can't learn how to teach a Kiowa or I would say ALT in the classroom. You're only really gonna learn it once you actually well, you do learn it in the classroom. You know what I mean? When you actually get in there and, and get your hands dirty, like that's just the truth, you know. Um so so everything you can imagine or what do you think it's like what you hear about online and all this other shit just throw it out the window to be honest with you i mean don't throw it out the window because it's valuable information you know um it's probably not as good or as bad as you've heard but you know just keep an open mind that what you can imagine is probably going to be completely different than um what it is funny story <laughs> story time story 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 time i don't know if i've told you the first maybe i have i think i've told oh fuck it, i'll tell it again mm. it's just fucking give me a headache fuck all right um i just want to hurry up and drink this so i can get to the other one in the fridge i should have bought a beer just because it's just all sweet i don't drink juice like you know like that and it's just like if you can't read, by the way, if you can't read um, what this is, this is grape sour. Um, it's like um, completely fruity shit. I can't read the other two kanji, but basically it's just like, you know, 
completely fruit levels or something like that. Um, I can't, I can't, she's something, I guess, I can't reread the other uh, kanji, but yeah, it's basically saying like it's totally fruity, totally fruity grape sour. And yeah, it is. It's just completely artificially fruit grape alcohol shit. Mm-mm. Anyway, story time. Okay. <laughs> People on YouTube are just watching me suffer through this. Like, <laughs> again, like, it, well, I wouldn't choose this flavor. By the way, if, if you do drink too high when you go out, yeah, I would avoid these sweet ones like, like grape and shit like that. Go for the citrus flavor one. Go for the lemon. Go for the, I think I, I think I got a uh, grapefruit in, in the um, fridge. Like, go for the lemons and the grapefruits, you know, just because they're a, a, a little bit more sour. So, you, you don't really taste the alcohol or the artificial flavor as much, you know. Um, especially for the strong ones. You got to go citrus with the strong ones, man. I'm just telling you. I think I got a tall boy in the fridge. Anyway, if I told you this before, my bad. If not, if you're a new listener, fucking listen up. All right, so... Um, this is the abbreviated version. I think I have told this on here. So, like, my first training day, my first school... Um, no, which is Nova, you know, back way back in 2004 when I was a bright eyed 22 year old guy coming to Japan, not knowing the fucking. And, um, I think my second day of training, they were like, all right, you're going to teach a class. And so I thought, I forgot if I taught a half a class or a full class, but excuse me. Um, sorry about that. But, um, so my training was on like, I think maybe a third floor and all the classrooms were on the second floor and the bell was about to ring. So they're like, okay, come on, you guys, you got to hurry up. Cause remember being on time in Aikawa is like the most important thing. You got to be there on the bell, like not like 30 seconds after. No, no, no. You got to be there on the bell in your fucking seat on the bell. That's the number one rule for Aikawa because the lessons are so short that students are paying so much money, literally you know, they're paying by the minute, right? So every second that you're not there, they're fucking, like, the little money's little yen sign is ticking, right? So you got to be there. So, you know, it's like it's like the end of the Matrix. <laughs> like, you know, when Neo's looking for the the room with the phone, and, and it was like all these booths, and I'm just like, oh, shit, where's my booth? Where's my booth? Where's my booth? And the bell went off, and, like, I see my booth, but it's, like, right here. Like the doorway is like right here. But, you know, I wasn't used to Japan, that part of Japan yet, because I'm six two. So, you know, I'm just above my eye line is where a lot of doorways and you know my old apartment. It was fine. I didn't have to worry about shit. Um, now, yeah, some archways here. I've got some marks in my head from from, from it. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm like late. You know, I'm like hurrying. I got a bunch of shit, and I like run straight into the archway. I'm like boom. Ah! good morning you guys and <laughs> and it was like three of the housewives and they just started cracking up laughing at me because like it looked like i gave myself a concussion you know <laughs> but but it was a great icebreaker as i say and that was my introduction to teaching english in japan don't remember anything else about my first lesson but you know there was a the ultimate icebreaker it was the best thing that could have happened to me um and that's how i popped my my fucking akaiwa cherry so um don't do don't fucking do that but <laughs> don't try and do that look for archway to like you know <laughs> haha keel said this is cool like but um but yeah um the point is like everything and, and i think you know alt versus uh a kaiwa one of my notes is you know 
um, they're both edutainment, but you are correct in the fact that, you know, Aikawa's are private schools and uh, ALTs work with uh, public schools, but take your image of a private school way out of your head and you kind of won't, I can't explain it to you, you know, how different it is from, like if I say private school to someone in America, they have a completely different image of what it what it is. You know, you just can't explain it. Like, you know, it's, fuck like I can't explain it it's like being tutored in a McDonald's like you know that's kind of what it's like it's like being tutored in a McDonald's like you just can't explain it right but but you get used to it you know um there is a grind that goes to it and you do have to pace yourself as well say if you do go with a Kaiwa because you can get burnt out um, I've seen people get burnt out, like, you know, if you get too high or too low in any lesson. It's like being a fucking professional truck driver. That's what I'm all zen about this shit, you know. It's like being a professional truck driver. If you put all your energy in your... I mean, of course you got to put energy into it, but if you put all your concentration into one lesson, doing the fucking perfect lesson, the bell rings 40 minutes later and you got to do it all over again. So, you, you know, it's like a marathon. You have to kind of pace yourself and your energy levels and there's certain techniques and things like that you can do. I see some people, some younger people, you know, they're, they're guzzling monster energy drinks. People are guzzling coffee. Some people go way high. Some people go way chill. You know, some people are very calm. I kind of ride the wave of my emotion depending on what I need to get me through a lesson at the time. I'm not going to give away all my secrets on here just because you don't know where this video is going to end up in the future. But, um, um, but you know, there are certain ways to kind of keep your concentration, keep, I hate to say it, keep, keep the appearance of conversation, you know, concentration at some times, but also like, um, if you do go into a Kiowa, the biggest advice I can give you is, and which I tell, um, uh, new teachers who have like the, 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 um, you know, get burnout syndrome after a few weeks, maybe even a few months after a day, they're like, fuck, I'm exhausted. Like, you know, I've, I've had like six lessons. Shit. I'm like, I got 10. Like, you know, I know people who've done 12. Like, um, the, the, the one thing I would say about Nick Kaiwa lesson, how, and just, yeah, and just in general. And, you know, uh, Joshua, you might be able to attest to this. You're not pushing the car. You're driving the car. You know, like the a lesson, a English, a good English lesson. I would imagine the same thing is for ALT. Well, ALT might be a bit more involved. I, again, I don't know. I can't really speak from experience, but I'll just I'll just stick with what I know with Aikawa. Like um, a good teacher, you're not pushing the car. Like you know, a stalled car, you get behind it and you push it with all your energy. That's not how you get the car from point A to point B in Aikawa. You're behind the wheel steering the car, steering the conversation. So when, you know, when it's an opportunity when you can let the car coast, that's what you're going to do. When you guide the car, that's how you make it go where it needs to go. You hit the pedal when you need to. You hit the brake when you need to. You make a turn when you have to. But you're not using all of your energy to drive the conversation. You know, you set some shit up that... It, 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 as you know, as with the experience again, like on the highway, you understand what works, what doesn't, what's needed, you know, what's not, where silence comes in, where the energy dips. Like you, those are kind of that's what I say. It's kind of edutainment. It's more customer service. Your customer service skills get amazing. Your conversational skills get amazing doing this job. Punctuality goes way up. 
because you you have to understand what drives a good conversation you know um it being a good to be a good eikaiwa teacher you know and that's like appropriate with japanese people it's appropriate with non-japanese people as well like you know i can go into a group conversation and i understand how to spark the conversation how to keep the conversation alive how to keep the energy going when i need to interject 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 myself how to change the flow of the conversation you know all those kind of things like you know add some wit to it i mean you know i got i got skills <laughs> nah um nah but um it is true like that that is the mark of a, of a if, if you listen to um I'm sure if you come to Japan after the COVID situation, if you listen to someone who's who who is, I'll just say a, a Kyo teacher for a long time, even if they look like a burnt out fucking weirdo, they'll more than likely be very entertaining to talk to. You know, hopefully I don't look like a burnt out weirdo. <laughs> I'm hoping so. Well, as as I drink my strong nine percent fucking crazy ass chew high, I say that, but but, but you you know what I'm saying. Um, so so yeah. Um. You know, like long story short, Joshua, just throw everything you think you. I I, I could feel you because I did the same thing before I came to Japan. I tried to anticipate. I tried to calculate based on what I read. There's a lot more information online now, you know, than there was like in 2004. Oh, fuck, loads more. But even like you know, I've looked at some of the shit online. Like it just does not give you an idea of what it's like to live in Japan and to work in Japan as an English teacher. So just. My advice is just throw it out the window. Don't even worry so much about it. Like, of course, some general information is okay. But for right now, don't put too much stock in it. Just focus on finishing school. Um, and, you know, like like you kind of mentioned to me, um, finding some supplementary income. Um, you know, some 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 things I might... You, you sent one or two things you're thinking about. Some things I might... Selling products online... Um, might be something, you know, um, to, to think about you selling American products online. Um, that's probably, probably, you know, flipping products, um, you know, finding niche, niche products that, you know, if you have some friends or things like that, you can kind of connect with not so much importing into Japan, but maybe importing into, uh, into America, or exporting into America, for example, building, you know, you're in IT, building your own website, um, you know, things like that. Once you get into Japan, finding out what's hot, what things sell, some things you can sell, um, you know, start starting up. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, try, I'm fucking trying to build my business. God damn it. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to like an audio book today like oh shit okay I gotta get back on my grind like oh fuck I gotta do this I gotta think about this so I don't know what to tell you bruh bruh I just know like you gotta do something like you know that's what, it'll make your life a lot easier if you do something um I the investment route um, you see me the investment route you know uh something i would i would personally encourage just a few years older you encourage you to build a business instead of so much relying on upon investment you know investment is like the hot thing like right now stocks are the hot thing look what happened to tesla i'm not blaming Robinhood traders for it but i'm just saying you know, um you, you know a steady stream of income is something that that you know you might want to 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 figure figure it out somehow like 
don't know. Just YouTube it, Google it. Like you got the world that the world is your fucking oyster, All right? Okay. Um, Nick, fuck, I gotta hurry up. Okay. <laughs> how how long have I been recording for? Cause I gotta. I got but oh my gosh, it's almost 30 minutes. This might be like an hour, hour and a half fucking episode, to be honest with you, especially after I crack open this next one. All right, so I'm going to just power through the rest of these, right? So uh, cost of living ver- in Japan versus the U.S. Uh, oh, yeah, this, sorry, does age matter? No, it fucking doesn't. Like, you, you can be 40, 50, um, come here. Probably ALT after you hit 40 plus, it might be a little bit tougher for you. Just be, you know, not, not for, as far as work-wise, just be stamina-wise, you know. Um, but, hey, Kiowa, don't, don't even worry about it. Like, yeah, um, especially at your age now. Don't, don't even worry about that until, like, you're at least, like, pushing 40 like you know and by the time but you'll be in japan by then so don't even worry about it um um does it yeah does it matter? uh cost of living cost of living plus versus salary yeah um the i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna disclaimer here i'm not gonna be the best judges because I've never had a full-time job in America. It's kind of weird, right? Like, I tell my students that, and it's like, yeah, like, I kind of have to guess on business culture in Japan, in America, you know, just because, like, you know, I, like, I, after, you know, I worked at fucking the airport. Like, I worked at Hertz in the airport for <laughs> for <laughs> for the summer. I mean, I had, I've been working since I was 12 years old, you know, um, my dad's been a carpenter. He let me help him out in the summer. So I, I had a bunch of jo- I had a bunch of jobs as a teenager and in college too. But I've never had like that full time office job as an adult. Like never in America, never done it. Like it's kind of weird. Like so, um, you know, cost of living and living on your own in America is something I've never really experienced. Like I lived in the fucking dorm. I lived with my parents, um, and. Yeah, I didn't even live off campus my my whole time in university just because, like, you know, financial, it was just a lot more financially viable for me to live, like, on campus the whole time. And, you know, I saved a bunch of money doing it that way. And I was broke as shit. So, um, and sometimes I work, like, one, two jobs. So, you know, it is what it is. But so... Um, I, you know, cost of living in America, I can imagine, especially living, you know, sorry, giving your business coming from California. Yeah, I, I've heard it's kind of crazy out there, you know, as far as cost of living goes, plus taxes and everything. So, um, but in Japan, like your salary will, will definitely be quite significantly lower than if your salary is at or around the number you gave me. Um, but, it, but like your cost of living is lower. You don't have a car. Like, you know, you're not paying um, the amount of taxes and things that you're going to pay in the States. Um, You know, you live a much more minimalist lifestyle in Japan. Everything is so much more expensive. So you're not going to you're going to spend a lot like when you first get here just because you don't really know how to survive. You know, but once you figure out how to survive in Japan. If you have any degree of financial responsibility, like you'll be all right. Like it's the people who are just like, 
I'm here. I want to fucking see everything from day one. And they just don't, they just think they're back in their fucking dorm room. And like, it's, you know, those are people who get fucked. Right. But if you, if you're in a, you're at your age, you're an adult, you, you understand what individual responsibility is. You'll be fine. Like, but just your standard of living compared to what it is in America, just because there's so much more. I watch documentaries with me and my wife, my mother-in-law, and we just like, what the fuck is America on? Like, cause I'm, I'm, you know, naturally I just don't have a lot of the, what's the word? Fluff. <laughs> a lot of the fluff that American lifestyle has, like, you know, for better or for worse, like, you know, you live a much more Spartan lifestyle in Japan, what you eat, what you do for entertainment, what your living standards are like, you know, and when I go back to America, I'm like, y'all got all this shit. Y'all even doing nothing with this. What the fuck are y'all doing? Like, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, but um, again, like I'm, I spent my whole adult life in Japan. So naturally my priority, my life priorities are quite different than it is in America. Like I, looking at, I was looking at YouTube the other day. <laughs> I was looking at YouTube the other day and I have to like smack myself sometimes because like I'm looking at like used car videos, like the best used cars under, you know, the the best luxury used cars under $10,000 and stuff. And I'm like, oh, damn, look at that, you know, 2008 Lexus. <laughs> but then I have to be like, wait a second, 2008? Fuck, that's a long ass time ago. But <laughs> But in my mind, you know, it's like... A dope ass car because I don't need a car. You know, I mean, where I'm at, I, you know, we I drive. We have a family car, but like in living, for example, living in central Tokyo, you don't need a car. And Japanese used cars are are not, you know, you, having a car in the Tokyo area is kind of a status symbol. But if you live like in a small town or something like that, you can get a really fucking good used car for really fucking cheap, and it's really reliable. It's not like America where like. A two thousand used car, a two thousand dollar used car, you gotta be like, oh shit, is this motherfucker gonna start as soon as I pull off the lot? Look, like a two thousand dollar used car in Japan is gonna be really, 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 really reliable. Like you have no idea, right? So, um, like <laughs> it's just it's just different, you know. Um, so yeah, like you're just you're, you're I would say, you know, salary. And but but also that's why I recommend you supplement your income. If you can supplement your income, excuse me, excuse me. I'm not gonna get get into you know how much you make as an ALT and things or or in a Kiowa stuff like that or with private lessons or whatever. You can just Google that. You can just research that on your own. But if you know if you think about that, if you can you know double your monthly income or you know supplement half of your monthly income with something you do online. And also um, understand how taxes and things, because, you know, me having my own company business, understanding how taxes work here, taxes work in the States, you know, being able to work those kind of two things. It can can get kind of interesting in a good way. Right. So, um, yeah, but but the important thing is, is, is to just have that kind of cash flow coming in for you would would ease the load of and a lot of the stress of moving to a new place again not really so much relying on savings and things like that um your current teaching <laughs> i'm sorry 
I'm just looking at my bullet points. <laughs> I'll just read it. I'll just be straight up with you. Um, your current, my bullet point says your current teaching experience means nothing. Dot, dot, dot. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, it's not translatable to Japan at all. Like, like I said, you got a degree. Like, don't, don't try and make it fancy. Like, don't try and put, you know, extra sprinkles on it. Just, you want to come to Japan. You got a degree. That's about it. Like, that's what you're going to need. Like, if they need you, they'll take you. If it's feast or famine, if they need you, they'll be like, get your ass over here. If they don't need you, hey, find someone who does. Like, hmm. So as always, you know, Joshua, let me know what you think. If you want to, if you want to send me a, a follow up, no problem at all. Um, and we'll get to it. Okay. Um, Rod, you, uh, a while ago you sent me a really good, uh, article. I skimmed through it. I'm not going to lie about economics and, uh, abenomics. Um, the one thing I'm going to add to that, I'm, I'm going to just leave it a link in the description for the listeners. Go ahead, please take a look at that. The one thing I'll say is, um, yes, Japanese companies are quite risk averse. And, you know, as you know, um, I'm not going to, Jesus, I can get into macroeconomic shit. I'm just not going to touch that so much, but you know, um, I'm trying to think how, how deep I, I, because of central banking policy, see, look, see, 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 I'm getting all deep into shit, but because of central banking policy, you know, the, the not only quantitative easing, but just like low interest, the, the low interest rate world we live in, banks and corporations um, closer to the central banks are very much, you know, able to get lines of credit are kind of flush with cash, especially Japanese companies who are cash flow positive. Now, because Japanese, Japanese society, not only companies are very much risk averse, a lot more than uh, Western countries, they're not really going to, you know, um, and they haven't been willing to spend some of that cash. Like what I have been hearing and seeing is some of that cash has been, I don't know if it was in that article, being used for M&A, you know, but M&A, that's kind of like more surefire bet kind of M&A, you know, like betting on startups or things like that is something that Japanese companies really aren't into. But, you know, um, being more willing to go into like developing countries, um, third world countries and things like that, industries outside of Japan, because the Japanese economy is going to need to grow somewhere. It's again, losing traction to the rest of the world. It's just a thing. So countries are more willing to, you know, go outside the borders of Japan out of necessity, especially larger organizations who are flush with cash. Um, that's, I'd say where that cash glut is going to end up somewhere, somehow. I don't know how, I don't know where, but, um, there, yeah, companies are kind of have a rainy day fund of, of money that they kind of like just stockpiled. And that's just the way it is in Japan. Um, it's kind of fucking crazy. So, um, definitely read that article from, from Rod. Um, it is quite interesting. Now I gotta, I gotta get to the meat. I gotta get to the meat. Cause I still haven't even got to, I can, fuck, I got so much shit to fucking talk about oh my gosh where are we like 45 minutes probably we're okay yeah i got i got a pound through some of these all right um okay 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 uh how am i gonna do this all right um mm, mm, uh, yeah okay so rod also sent had a question i, I forgot it was a, another podcast or a tv show or something but um 
Rod had a question about different types of hostess bars, right? From that he heard from some other content somewhere online. Um, and thank you again for, for we were going back and forth, backtracking and, and re-listening to it and finding the list of, of, I think, nine of the ten places that the person talked about. These are not hostess bars, right? Like, there are very much different. I don't know firsthand from all this shit, but you know, from my impression, from what I hear, from what I know about living here, I'll give you the best of my ability breakdown of the nine different places that you, that, uh, you, heard, you heard about Um so first one is a girl's bar um a girl's bar in a hostess bar number two is a hostess bar i'm not so much sure about the difference between a girl's bar and a hostess bar my image because I've, I've never been to a girl's bar my image of what a girl's bar is though is just like a place with with girls who are bartenders pretty much that's what it is like it's like imagine coyote ugly um I think they actually had a Coyote Ugly like franchise in. If you don't know what Coyote Ugly is, I feel so fucking old. <laughs> Please, I hope you know what Coyote Ugly is. I hope you're not just googling this shit right now. Okay. <laughs> oh fuck. Okay. Mm. But anyway, back to Coyote Ugly. So they, you know, Coyote Ugly is kind of like the image of what um, terrible movie, by the way. Of course, I watched it, but it was a terrible movie. Um, but um, uh, Coyote Ugly Bar, they actually did have one in Tokyo, a franchise. Of course, it closed down because of COVID. Um, but for me, that's a girls' bar, right? Um, not so much the dancing on bars and all that shit, but but just the fact that the bartenders are women. You know, they're a little bit sassy, maybe. I don't know. Like, you know, they're. I've seen different banners for different ones. I guess they have different themes or whatever. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not stepping foot into that. But you know, of course, you're paying for their sassiness. I don't fucking know what 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 that's all about but but you're definitely going to be overpaying for drinks you know just to have like a bartender but the point is she's behind the bar she's your bartender and she's serving you drinks right um a hostess bar we've talked about before is where you're actually next to the hostess <laughs> i'm getting totally sidetracked this is gonna be such a long episode oh my gosh okay um <laughs> by the way speaking of hostess bars i was like one of my hobbies now has become um late night before I go to bed. Um I've started like going down the rabbit hole of Netflix Japan's adult oriented <laughs> movies. <laughs> this is fucking hilarious, man. Like some of this shit is like so crazy. Uh, I wanted to tell you guys I was so crazy. I watched this movie like I can't even remember. It was like uh Yoake no Machi or some shit like that. Yoake no Machi, I think it was the name of it. Some shit, some some shit, some crazy ass movie from the nineties. Um, <laughs> and it, it just reminded me. It was like it it turned into like a horror movie at the end because it was like um, this this dude who was like cheating on his wife and he found this like his crazy coworker who you know she was all melodramatic and stuff like that. And sorry, my eyes are a little itchy. If you on YouTube, sorry about this. Um, but like. Um, for me, like the ending of the movie was so it it was a horror movie, right? Because, but I I was watching this over the course of a few nights. Like no, I wasn't watching. It. I remember I watched it one night, but I was fast forwarding through it because it was it was just like so crazy, so melodramatic. It was driving me crazy, and so I'm fast forwarding through it. And, and also, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to see are there any boobs in this? 
<laughs> there weren't any boobs in it. That's why I was fast forwarding it, right? <laughs> Such an asshole. <laughs> oh, the nine percent got me talking, y'all. Okay. All right. Anyway. So like I remember watching this thing and I'm like the whole time I'm like this is kind of weird like this guy's cheating on his wife but he's having a blast like he's just having a blast. he's going to golf with this chick and she, he's hanging out with her he's ha having fun he's laughing and he's so happy you know and he's got his wife at home and everything and but but you know he spends the night out she's his wife is calling him but it's it's weird some weird murder mystery thing happened with it it was just weird like I I, I don't know but anyway the point is like, um, yeah, I'm watching it. And I'm, it, it was kind of perplexing to me that how this guy is seems so happy go lucky when he's, he's spending so much time with his mistress and his wife is at home smiling and laughing. And the last scene of the movie, like the end of the movie, it was like, Oh, this is a horror movie. Cause it turned into, it like turned weird really quickly. Like, um, I'll just spoil it. If you find the movie or whatever, don't, don't even bother watching it. But, um, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know why, because I was passing forward through it. But, like, he was given, and this is, but by the way, a microcosm of, from what I heard and seen, marriages that go bad in Japan. Like, you know, Western woman, she'll yell at you, she'll cut you, she'll throw you, she'll in the Japanese woman ain't gonna do shit, but she will make your life a living hell for the rest of your life. This is the power of Japanese women, right? So, um, like <laughs> this dude, I guess he was giving his wife like these Santa dolls or something. I don't know. But like so he gave his wife a little Santa doll or something. And before you saw his hand crushing them. And then he like opens a drawer and he like, you know, he's frozen with fear because he sees like all of the Santa dolls he was giving his wife. She was like breaking them and throwing them in the drawer, basically the whole movie, you know. And so he basically his mistress, he was going to divorce his wife, tell us, talk to his wife and tell her that he wants to leave her. But so he's like, I got to talk to you tomorrow or something like that. And then the night before he talked to her, he opened up and saw the drawer and he was freaking out. And so the next morning, you know, I guess he realized like she knew that he was cheating. You know, they showed her like, Wah! you know, but but she's so nice and smiling, so completely supportive Japanese wife. And like the next morning, you know, he goes to work and, um, he, you know, she was like, you know, so there was something you wanted to talk to me about. Right. And he was like, oh yeah, that's over. You know, don't even worry about it. So he's like, oh, you know, he's all fucked up because his mistress left him or something. I forgot. I don't even know why his mistress was gone, but whatever. And, you know, he was like, um, hold on, hold on make sure this is still recording. Okay, okay, cool. Like, like, and so, you know, he, his mistress is gone somewhere for some, for some reason. I don't fucking care why. But, like, he was like, um, oh, don't don't worry about it. it that, that's over, right? And then she's smiling. She's like, oh, it's not over. She's like, it's not going to be over for the rest of our lives. And she's just, like, smiling at him. And, and he's just like. He's like, oh, and he's like, this is the start of my nightmare in Japanese. And she's like, okay, have a nice day at work. 
and then he like walks off and then he goes to like Shinbashi and um he's just like looking around all lost like oh fuck but like from what I hear that's what happens like you know how these fucking marriages fuck up like the salary man husband fucks around a little bit and then like you know the wife knows because the women's intuition or somehow he's a fucking idiot and then she just fucking cuts him off and she's you're just a bank to me like you know just give me your fucking cash i don't know if i've told this story can I t- okay i'll tell the story um a long time ago i had a st- interesting student who because she might i don't know if she listened to this someday but you were interesting and um she was telling me, I won't tell like what he does or anything like that, but she was telling me that she used to come in and tell me the story. This is another reason why you got to be prepared for anything if you're a Kyo teacher. She was telling me the story about her husband and like, <laughs> man, like she, long story short, like this lady's husband, she knew he was cheating on her. Like he had a really, really good job, right? A really good job. He wasn't like a company president or anything, but he had a really good job. I won't say what, just because, right? Um, so he had a really good job, and um, in in the medical field, I'll say that, right? Um, I don't really know exactly what in the medical. I forgot, but he's in the medical field. But he had a really good job. So, so he um, she found out he was cheating on her, right? And you know, he had a mistress. <laughs> And she tell me, like, you know, I mean, hopefully she, you know, like, I can't, me, I try to just open up to everyone. I'm like, look, I'm not going to judge you, whatever you do. I've heard people tell me some wild shit, you know, and I don't judge. I'm like, I'm here to listen to you. Whatever you want to tell me is cool. I wasn't expecting what she told me. She was like, in my life, he's the only. I'm not, it's not the 9%, but I'm just like, all right, whatever, fuck it. This is just, I'm letting you know some of the shit you might hear if you become an AKO teacher. So she was like, in my life, he was the only guy that never made me wet. (laughs) And I had to be like, hmm, okay. Like, you know, because my job is to listen. My job is not to react. So, you know, I had to, mm, yeah, that's, that's tough. <laughs> Crazy, right? Okay, I just remember that. Anyway, anyway, anyway um, completely sidetracked from Rod's topic. But, but anyway, so um, long story short, like, she found out he was cheating and um he like his mistress something like that somehow his mistress started extorting the dude and then like the wife found out so she had to confront the mistress and was like no you're not and she not even confront the mistress because she you know japanese woman more than likely is not going to directly confront the mistress so she like basically the dude was caught between his mistress and his wife both of them knew and the mistress was trying to extort money from the dude the wife was pissed off about the mistress trying to extort money from the dude and trying to tell him to cut her off and you know thinking about going to the police and he's just trying to work and and then she was like yeah we, we got the situation sorted out but you know 
he's done with me. We have a, I think they have a kid. I forgot, but he, you know, he's like, yeah, I just need him for money now. And that's it. He's just an ATM. Like I was like, you know, like she, she's not going to like verbally attack him or anything like that. She'll like, Hey, okay. Have a nice day. Just like the lady in the movie. But he's not fucking her anymore for the rest of his life. He's going to get no pussy. He's on, Sorry, sorry, I'm being kind of real. You know, <laughs> the strong blame. I'm blaming it on the strong nine percent. Okay, but um, but you know, seriously, he's he's not getting any love. Um, probably for the rest of his life, and you know, he he's probably gonna be too scared to cheat on her from now on, and so like he's just gotta like live a miserable life, just like the dude in the movie, and that's just kind of what it is. I forgot why I was talking about this, why I connected with uh, Rod's list, but whatever. Okay, um. Uh, let, let's get back to the list. So, um, number three on the list uh, that was given was uh, Kabakula. And from my understanding, a Kabakula is a more casual uh, form of a hostess bar. Kabakula and hostess bars are pretty much similar, in my opinion. It's just that, like, Kabakula is just more of like a casual type of hostess bar. Um, and there's even a, a traditional type called club, which I don't think is on here. A club basically is a hostess bar where they wear kimonos. Um, so if you have an older Japanese person telling you they want to go to a club, take you to a club, more than likely it's a hostess bar where the hostesses are dressed more traditionally. It's basically a really dry hostess bar. Um, a regular hostess bar, I want to say... I, for, I forgot that it's like a small nuanced difference between a hostess bar and, and, and a kebakula. I think a kebakula is just more casual, if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, but those are, I think, the on this list, the only two that are similar. The other ones are very, very different. Um, uh, opai bar. <laughs> opai means breast. Sorry, ladies. Just letting you know. Okay. Um, now, I'm not going to go into detail about Opie Bars, but I did just going down the Opie Bar rabbit hole on YouTube. I found this guy, um, Jake Knowlton. Actually, I was just flipping through. He, he's not that active on YouTube, but um, I like his some of his content and some of how he talks about his life in Japan. Very open on this guy. He has an old video where he talks about um, Opie Bars. You know, his experience in the Opie Bar, drunk night, Opie Bar situation. So um, I would recommend you, you know, just go ahead and watch the video if you want to know what goes down, what's going on there. Um, he has <laughs> kind of a funny story from him. Um, so just check that out for more information on that. Um, um, next would be number five, uh, Sex Kabakula Bar. I don't know what the fuck that, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means. Like... I would guess it might be, I guess it might mean, I don't think that's an official category. I think it just is a, a kibakura where you can actually pay extra money to sleep with the hostesses. But for me, that would be a really low level hostess bar. Any hostess bar where you can actually go in and be like, I want to sleep with you is kind of a low level one, which reminds me of another adult oriented <laughs> Netflix Japan. <laughs> movie i was i finished up last night called judas i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna research if it's in um english but um fucking crazy ass movie like weird ass ending it's just i'm just gonna spoil everything it was just weird as fuck like um like this i'm sorry i'm gonna call her chick like this chick who just wants to be um the number one hostess in 
Kabuki Cho, and she has a bunch of drama and everything like that. But, um, you know, she, yeah, she fucks some of her clients. But, but from my understanding, like going to a hostess bar, a hostess bar is not like a brothel. It might look from Western eyes, it might look like it. I thought the same way when I first walked in there. It looked like it, but you know, you're actually only paying for the conversation. A host, you know, of course, there are some guys with money who just like go there, be like, hey, I'll give you. I've heard stories like, I'll give you this much money to fuck me tonight. And depend, it, that just depends on the hostess. Like, you know, I think the video I shared before, like a while ago, about the number one hostess, like one of the, some shit about a hostess in Kabuki Cho. And she even said, like, you know, it depends on the guy and, and her mood or whatever, whether, she, whether she'll fuck him or not. But um i'd say that's more of an individual choice it's not something that happens like automatically so any kabakula or hostess bar where it's kind of automatic that you can kind of fuck anybody who's in there would be a pretty low level kind of place like i really wouldn't want to go there i wouldn't say the standards are too high there um the number six delivery health service uh debbie heady is kind of um I think that's what it's called, Debbie Hetty. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Pretty much is, it's kind of a complicated name from what I understand. Like, health services meaning, like, what's the word? Healthy extraction of juices. <laughs> if you think about it, that's the health part of it. <laughs> healthy stress reliever, health, healthy pressure relief. <laughs> it's kind of what it means, you know, so, so, you know, the delivery part is literally like the woman is delivered to an address, a hotel or an address and delivers some services to relieve some pressure, some stress of the person. And that's kind of the point of that. It's just a pretty much delivery prostitution service. That's all it is, depending on what the person wants. But um, I've never done that, but it's pretty common here in Japan. Um, the legal loophole of it, I believe, is from I forgot where I heard about it or read about it. Something is that it's may is maybe from what I, I understand the the loophole is that technically the the person that goes is there to deliver health services but in the course of their whatever appointment if they their chemistry becomes so great that they accidentally have sex hey it happens some some shit like i don't know like i'm not digging too deep into that um a pink salon i think a pink salon and and delhi had delivery health are kind of like similar if you really think like uh sex cabacula delivery health and a pink salon are kind of in this i put them in the same category right there's just like <laughs> like pizza had a dominoes like are you gonna order delivery or are you gonna like eat in or are you gonna get takeout like <laughs> it's kind of really what you it's all pizza right like you know um <laughs> the sex cabacular bar for my image would be takeout um the delivery health is delivery and the pink salon i believe would be eat in oh gosh not literally okay <laughs> but um i think and, and maybe even a soap land as well um well no 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 no, no. Uh, uh okay i'll save soap fashion health service i don't really know what that means at all um i can't say on but health 
means there's some type of you know pressure release going on i would assume that um a soap land in a pink salon i'm guessing would be similar again pink salon i'm guessing is full service if you will um but soap land from the internet <laughs> from the internet <laughs> is um you know soap related massage that can turn into other services from what I understand. But I think that's just another form of pink salon, if you will. It just deals with water and soap where you take it a bath, getting soaked up. It's not dry humping because there's soap and lubricants involved from what I understand. I don't know. Like I, I, I can't really <laughs> say, <laughs> but you know, um, um, but yeah, that's about that. So the guy from the Opi Bar um, is is is. <laughs> oh gosh, oh gosh! I have a feeling this episode is gonna get me. I don't know. Whatever, it's fine. I'll be all good. I'll be all right. I'm a, I'm a big boy. You know, this is Japan. It's true. Like I mean, I ain't saying nothing that's not out in the open. So whatever. All right. Anyway, um, uh, one thing I want to talk about. I want to move on. How much? Time? Okay. Now before that guy, hours. Jesus. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, let, let me let me grab another uh, let me finish this thing off. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. It's fucking twelve thirty already. Alright. Let me grab an, let me grab the big Drew High and then I'll talk on the uh, speak on other topics. So hold on one second. Uh, okay. Alright, let me crack this one open. Uh, hold on, let me show the audience again this is yeah i did get a lemon i got a lemon too high the regular ones are five percent alcohol oh, hold on let me crack it open and as i went to the refrigerator excuse me one thing i realized like i am you probably are not gonna see me drinking too high on this podcast ever again or hear me drinking too high too high on this podcast ever again just because like I'm not enjoying this at all. <laughs> yeah, like I think I'm, I'm I've gotten old enough where like my chew high is no longer my drink of choice. Like, well, I mean, it's never really was my drink of choice, but you know, going out like um I would say for me, a chew high is the drink from the train station to the club you, is the the drink or after the club, out after one spot to the next spot after last train is a chew high, right? Like if you're staying out all night, all right, we finished going here, we're gonna go somewhere else, then you drink a chew high. But okay, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so like I was saying, mm, yeah, yeah, the, that's my advice for drinking chew high. All right, um, so uh, this might be an hour and a half episode. Yeah, because these are two things I, I two topics I gotta hit. Like these are things I really want to hit, but um, in this episode, just because I want to cut them up. Uh, okay. So one thing, um, before I'm gonna save the deciphering Japan episode two for last, um, but just going down the rabbit hole of YouTube, I found this guy. I want to say his name correct. C D. Ah, oh yeah, that's right. I think his name is. C Dog or C C Dog VA, I think his name. He's a actually a really popular YouTuber. 
Um, uh, he's got like over a million subscribers, but apparently this guy is new to Japan and, um, back, sorry. Um, so he's new to Japan and he doesn't know shit about Japan or Japanese women or Japanese people at all. But, um, then the next episode, I'm going to con- kind of continue with the dating theme, but just his, his thing was just so interesting to me. I like the guy. Let me see. That. I like the guy. Um, but he, <laughs> He don't know shit about Japanese women, okay? He don't know shit about Japanese people. <laughs> and, I mean, which is fine, but... um, he, So, in the in the description, there's a, a link of him being, like, a hostess. A host, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to disrespect you. He, being a host um, and, and seeing what that was like. You know, it was a really interesting video for me. Um, but... Uh, wait, is, is it the one... I'm thinking of. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me make sure I have the correct one. Um, before I speak on this. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, what it is is a video by um C Dog V A about him being a host for a night or and um i think like his inability to understand japanese people japanese women um situational awareness in japan is is really something that i i think you would get um something from you know if especially if you haven't really been in a all japanese type of situation before the one thing for me, like, um, you know, just his personality, I think is, um, and he said in another video, which I'll talk about, I'm, yeah, I'm not even going to get into what he said in another video because it's kind of a really important, uh, thing that I want to kind of save. But, but if you watch his video, the, for me, the thing that, that kind of striking, not striking, but I'd like for you to pay attention to is the fact that, um, he hasn't acquired the ability to go along with a situation, even if you don't know what the fuck is going on, which is something, a, a skill, an important skill in Japan. Like, if you notice, he's in, he, as a host, he kind of interjects his personality, his point of view, his perspective into a lot of things that's going on, um, out of necessity sometimes, just to kind of get through the situation. Um, you know, cult, just cultural gaps and things like that. But just the way he answers questions, you know, the way he interacts with Japanese women, maybe for a lot of times for his personality, for his lack of experience with women, not con- being condescending about him at all, but he admitted it in other content. Like, he, sarcasm is a really important thing I want you to understand. Like, sarcasm just though you if you're a sarcastic motherfucker throw that shit out the window in japan and throw that shit out the window with japanese women like especially japanese women this is advice for guys don't worry ladies i got something else for you in the next episode but sarcasm doesn't work here it, with most people at all like i'm lucky that's why i married my wife she understands sarcasm you know she's sarcastic as fuck like <laughs> she gives me shit all the time we, you know we give each other shit all the time like 
But your average Japanese person, especially if there's a language difference, is not going to understand sarcasm. And it's definitely not going to understand your sarcastic jokes. And you can kind of see the cringeworthy moments with him as he kind of has to go through those while his internal dialogue. Also, his answering questions in a way that um, uh, makes himself feel comfortable, not so much other people caters to other people in western culture we can do that in japan that doesn't really go over so well um <laughs> I, I i laughed at the hosts you know because it's kind of clear that they were trying to in the beginning the host was kind of like remember if you if you listen to previous episodes you heard me kind of talk about how um japanese people might appear some japanese dudes might appear if you're going out with them might appear to be your friends but really what they're doing in a back way is trying to make themselves feel um, boost their stock he kind of the host that he was with kind of the kind of bigger guy did that you know exact same thing like oh he's a really famous youtuber like i'm showing him everything i'm doing you know he, you know what i'm saying like that type of shit is what happens and if you don't really understand japanese those are kind of the results that you get um on the surface like yeah uh he's a guest in that type of environment but i would imagine because because he's a you know pretty successful youtuber and being a youtuber is a pretty new thing in japan um and the amount of like followers that he has or subscribers that he has it, it was kind of like a little bit cringeworthy in the end when they were kind of like offering different like expensive fucking alcohols and things like that like he would have gotten fleeced pretty much if if he didn't get the fuck out of there and um, I'm pretty sure, like, the Japanese people behind him, like his handlers, had a lot of explaining and shit to do to cover up for some of the, one of the um, big issues that might have popped up there. So, mm. him not knowing the fuck, what the fuck was going on. I'm not, I'm not saying it was dangerous for him, but, like, I'm sure there was a lot of, like, negotiating, apologizing, and explaining going on between Japanese people after he was gone and not knowing what the fuck was going on. But, you know, especially being with hosts, um, he again, he was an outsider, he was a guest, it was fine, but I wouldn't be too, you know, I've been in Japan long enough where I wouldn't be comfortable in that type of situation just because I know what those people are all about. Not And I'm not pigeonholing them, but, you know, they're just about money. Like, that's what it is. Like, there's a money-related world. If they smell money, they're like sharks. They're going to fucking go for it. So you can kind of get a few glimpses of that. But the main thing, like, in that type of situation, like, you you know, it's a Yorino Sekai or, you know, um, you know, world of the night if you will um after hours type shit you can kind of see how th how things kind of develop so especially with a dude like that and if you are that type of dude take some notes about what not to do keep your mouth shut nod smile you know don't be fucking sarcastic are a few things you know if you if you especially like related to um the list that rod provided is you know um i'll probably leave the list up on in the description there's no article related to it but these if, if you do go to these type of places fuck don't be sarcastic okay like just shut the fuck up uh, all right all right so um uh, again those two things the opi bar one and um um the the uh host dude uh c dog va his youtube channel definitely check those out J jake nelton and also uh, c dog va i really want to know why you chose that name but 
hey, it's your world. You got a million subscribers. I got like less than 30. So <laughs> it's all good. All right. Um, last thing. Let's get into Decipher in Japan, right? Back into Decipher in Japan. Mm. So as you know, like I'm, I'm kind of like if you if you if you update on my channel, I'm kind of layering my review with um, the uh, official playlist. And as I go, I'm gonna you know, take out a section of this and put it in there. So I'm gonna give you my official uh, episode to review right now okay a few uh, points about that i'd like again if, if you haven't watched it please stop watch it first and then you know come back and listen to this um a few things that are, that are interesting that i i picked up on watching this are first why japan is so unproductive but uh, why japan works so hard it's kind of an interesting thing that i like that hopefully you picked up on like you know in the west you know individuality is kind of the thing individual responsibility the results the west is a much more results oriented kind of um society but japan is more of a process oriented society a group oriented society which means that um, in a company, in a business, in an organization, it's not so much like the results you get is how you get to those results that are, that are more important up to now. Take, for example, um, the news of the day here is SoftBank. Uh, SoftBank was the quote-unquote NASDAQ whale. Um, I was talking to someone deep into um, the financial world, and he was explaining to me, um, a student of mine a few days ago, he was explaining to me, because basically... It was revealed that SoftBank, I think, uh, placed some bets, and they was it forty billion or four billion? I forgot if it was forty or forty billion. I forgot which one, but um, they made a shitload of money um, on some riskier bets, you know, in the in the Nasdaq market. And what he was telling me was basically, you know, I was like, well, they made a bunch of money. Why did the stock price go down? And it was basically saying like, well, that's not traditional market moves here. And so it's kind of a turnoff for Japanese investors because that's not how normal com traditional companies function. It's a bit too aggressive for the Japanese taste, you know? So it's not so much that they made a shitload of money it's how they made the money that really rubbed Japanese investors the wrong way. And whether it be temporarily, they came up with some other news a few days later, but the price dropped, you know, significantly because of that. So, you know, um, the unproductive nature of Japanese companies and societies is pretty much as long as ever, there's no major, for me, again, as long as there's no major shocks to society as a whole, things are going to pretty much remain the same. It's kind of how I think of things here. Right. Um, uh, oh yeah. The expensive fruit fucking thing. Right. Um, ah, sorry. I got to fucking stretch my shoulder. I've got a fucking frozen shoulder. That guy keeps stretched out. Um, you know, the expensive fruit and the person growing the fruit is kind of like a big thing. I've never seen this fucking fruit. Like, I don't know where this shit is. It's in Ginza somewhere, some shop. I don't know where the fuck it is. It's probably a tourist attraction or something, but I, I very much know that there are shops that sell high quality, very expensive fruit um, in, you know, the square watermelons that you, I'm sure you've heard about. I've heard about before I came to Japan that cost a hundred dollars. I thought everyone in Japan ate, but nobody eats that shit. Um, those are kind of corporate related gifts. Um, I've never seen the shops. I don't know where the fuck to buy the shit. I would have to Google it, you know, and I used to, before COVID, I used to go to Ginza a lot. 
you know, but I just don't know where to find it. So, um, but those kind of high class expensive gifts are, are kind of common in Japan, but I'd, I'd say that's like a, another characteristic of Japan. Like you got to know where the shit is to know where the shit is, you know? So, um, or you can just like read about it and become some kind of tourist attraction. You take pictures in front of like an expensive ass fucking cantaloupe. I don't know. Like, you know, but I'm, I don't know what the fuck people do, but it is kind of those two extremes. So, um, that's, yeah, not an everyday thing. Don't be misled by that at all. People are not running around Japan buying fucking $300 cantaloupes at all. Um, the... Oh, precision. I, I really like how she, the host, host of the show, explained precision as it relates to Japanese businesses and things like that because it is very much true. Like, precision and commitment um, to what you're doing is a very important thing. And, um, yeah, my bad. Sorry for the interruptions, but, you know, I, it's late. I got to check on family stuff and stuff like that. But, anyway. Mm. I completely lost my train of thought. Um, oh, yeah, precision. Yeah, but I really like her explanation of precision in Japan and how meticulous Japanese people are. Uh, like I say, Japanese people are kind of mildly obsessively, obsessive compul compulsive about things, and you can kind of see it in, you know, the detail that she really puts into her melon. Um, and that's something I would say that a lot of people who are specialists really have. Um, and that's what turns into like a lot of the creativity and, and the beauty and, and, and the, the depth of, of, of a lot of like artistry, um, food, a lot of the culture that really makes Japan, Japan. So I really like the way she highlighted it. Um, also, if you listen to watch how she reacts to um, how the melon growing lady reacts to um, the host eating things like, you know, Showing your pleasure for the effort that someone put in to something is very important. You can't just eat, like, oh, it's good. Like, you, you need to kind of a little bit overreact. It's kind of part of Japanese manners. And the person also a bit overreacts to something. Like, she knows her melons are the fucking best. But, you know, oh, I'm so happy that you fucking love my shit. Like, you know, it's kind of like Japanese manners. So, um, it's something I'd like for you to pick up on. Um... Yeah, reading something. Kaloshi is something that happens in Japan, but that fucking class, like, like the topic is a serious topic, and um, I like some of. I think the crazy class, you know, is that was kind of tough for me to watch because I'd never seen no shit like that before in my life. Like, you know, and just the the, the guy hosting it, or whatever. Like, that's just not a normal thing that I've seen or I'm aware of at all here in Japan. Um, but the guy who worked for the supermarket company, I think that is more valuable information for you. It might be something that might be completely like out of the box thinking for you. But again, the duty is kind of a really strong motivator here in Japan. The sense of the obligation, um, you know, to your job in something that the guy said where, you know, if he did quit or lose his job, he wouldn't really know his place in Japanese society is a really, really, really strong motivator for Japanese people, for many Japanese people. So um, even though it might not be something you could understand, you know, that someone's willing to go that far um, for a job that they might not even like, might not pay them at that much, you know, um, 
just understanding that cultural obligation is something that I think um, is definitely important and that I'd like for you to um, understand. Yeah. Um, again, the crying at the class was a bit weird for me. Um, not, not so much picking it, but it does show some of the situations that happen in Japan, but that type of class is not something that's normal at all. Um, the same thing, the crying class, that's not something that's normal at all. Um, job hunting for students. I had talked to a student today, um, who's in the job hunting process and she's totally freaking out about it. Um, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. Like, um, balancing group harmony with expressing yourself in Japan is, is a constant balance that people have to deal with. Um, even me and my son, you know, uh, I was explaining to my wife today, like, you know, our job as parents, especially moving forward in the future of Japan is teaching him how to be in the group, but not of the group, you know, and that class is kind of really showing, I think, showing that dynamic where a lot of those young people were taught up to now that they should be of the group. But, you know, the dynamics in Japan over the last, like, let's say 10 years have changed quite a bit where you know being showing your opinion and being you know striking out on your own is kind of important but not too much yet so um it is kind of one of those things that's that that's gonna i'm i'm gonna i'm very much watching intently how it's gonna play out and i have an idea how it might play out um you, you've heard me talk about it before the dinosaurs the growing pains um so I don't know. I'm just monitoring it, especially with my son. Like for now, it's not such a big deal. But, you know, when he hits his teens or, or 15, something like that, I'm going to really have to kind of be on it and really kind of coach him in the direction. Not that I want him to go into, but the, the direction that will, will prepare him to thrive in the Japan of 2040. Let's say like that's my goal. It's not like Japan today. What's the best look? It's like, OK, 2040 when you're like on your own when it's your time how can you have the skills to thrive in that type of environment whatever it's going to be so um the hippie street musician <laughs> more like i don't really have too much to say about him this episode was was not too controversial for me um he I, I just had some questions about how he makes his living like i'm guessing he might be on unemployment just because maybe even living with his parents i'm not sure like just because like you know um, he doesn't make that much money as a street performer unless he has some savings to live, move back with his parents. I'm, I'm not sh quite sure how his situation works, but if the dude's happy, I'm happy. Do your thing, dude. Like, I'm not, you know, knocking you at all, but, um, you know, just like, fuck it. I'm just going to quit and play my fucking, like, whatever that thing was, like, you know, in the street. Like, it's not, I don't know. Like, it kind of left me with several questions about I'd like a bit more to in his background situation but of course you know that's not something that can be um addressed in that that limited time frame and it does make for a good story for someone who's like bucking mainstream culture and, and doing what makes them a prior prioritizing their health and their happiness which of course i can't knock but uh, i would say in japan at this current moment in time is something that might not be a viable option for a lot of people. So I, I'm just a bit curious about a bit more of his situation, not judging him, but just want to know how that works. That's all. That's, that's my uh, two cents about it. But again, for me, um, episode two was a bit more straightforward besides the only thing I had like a little bit of like cringe was the, um, 
the crazy class like for work related stress so um, that's about it um i'm gonna stop there i'm not gonna lie i, I drink like a little bit it's too hot i'm not drinking the rest of this motherfucker at all hmm. as i take a sip of it but but yeah i'm pouring this out like i should just got beer so probably not gonna be any more too highs on this on this podcast like at all um just letting you know because it's just yeah like you know it's not like a crazy too high time for me so all right, we'll we'll wrap up the podcast there. This might even be one of one of the, if not the longest. Yeah, it's an hour and a half. Fuck, episode uh, almost an hour and a half. I gotta cut out a few um, breaks, but you know, um, lots of information. Next episode is uh, I'm looking forward to. We're gonna go deeper into dating relationships, shit like that. Um, I got a few links I held back from like going down the rabbit hole that I'm really looking forward to breaking down and talking about with you guys. So, all right, we'll wrap things up there. If you guys have any questions, again, uh, Rod, Joshua, anybody else out there, questions for keel at gmail.com. And I will holler at you next time. Throwing up deuces at you. Peace.